Hi, this is Calgary Canvas, where we illustrate two views on city issues. I'm Bill Atwood. And I'm Halen Cooper. On this episode, Carbon Conflict. We're going to look at Alberta's carbon tax and its impact on the environment and the economy. Overlooking the largest heavy oil operations in the Peace River area, Ryan Johnson is a VP at the Calgary-based oil and gas company, Baytex. I spoke with Ryan at Mount Royal University's Wickham Hall to learn more about the carbon tax from the energy industry's point of view. Why does it seem that the first place governments go to when it comes to environmental policy is a carbon tax? Um, It seems popular, I think. It's popular with the general public. There's this overarching belief that uh, climate change is probably one of the most uh, important um, threats to mankind at this time. And in a lot of ways that might be correct, but I think mankind's effect on other things in the environment is is much more important and having a much more severe impact. Um, What types of, as you just said, mankind's impact is in other places in the environment? What exactly do you mean when you're talking about that? Uh, What I'm referring to is like the abuse of resources. So when I say resources, I'm talking about energy, water, over-farming, over-harvesting, over-fertilizing, wrecking soil, destroying habitats with construction, uh, reducing the biodiversity in in the environment. And that reduction in the biodiversity reduces the Earth's ability to kind of buffer Um, a lot of other effects that we seem to have. Uh, After one year of the carbon tax, has the policy been the job-killing tax that NDP's opponents say it would be? Um, For instance, has Baytex specifically laid off people because of the carbon tax in particular? Uh, In particular, no. I wouldn't say that uh, layoffs or or, uh, reduced activity were directly related to the carbon tax. It actually, for a couple of reasons. First of all, the biggest impact we've felt is the downturn in the economy due to the uh, reduction in global oil prices. That's definitely had the biggest impact. Uh, The second biggest impact would be a lack of egress out of the country via pipelines, etc., to get our product out, so the differential. Uh, The carbon tax actually doesn't uh, affect us directly. Um, we pass that on, whatever taxation we incur, on to the consumers. And we're going to be kind of um, unaffected by the taxation until 2023 at this time, from what we can understand. So we can implement change changes into our operations, but we're not going to be taxed exclusively until 2023. Okay, so um, when you say you're passing it off to consumers... How exactly does that happen? You just charge more per barrel for your oil? Yeah, well, because we're not the end user of the product, uh, we're not going to be taxed on it. The person who ends up buying the gasoline at the pump or consuming the natural gas to heat your house or boil your water, those are the people that, that bear the burden. And I think that is, for lower income households, you're actually... Um, disproportionately effective relative to higher income households. So the taxation, like, for example, if you're not making that much money, it costs you that much more relative to a guy who's making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to fill your car. 
if you're on a single mother on a fixed income, that really hits home. Right. So, so it, it's affecting the poor more than anything as well. How much of a detrimental impact has it truly had from the perspective of a decently large business within Alberta itself? Um, we have to pay carbon tax on the fuel we consume, just like any other consumer, you know, to run our offices, to run our equipment, to run our trucks, etc. So in that regard, uh, the operating expenses uh, have gone up. Uh, the GNA costs have gone up. I, I don't know what the exact impact is on that, you know, percentage-wise, year over year. That that would be a deleterious effect. I think the biggest impact is the the attitude it tends to uh, instill in people, and then they tend to be kind of anti-oil. So any attempt at pipelines or egress or, or export of our product gets hampered. So I, I would say there's more of an effect from that than from the actual tax itself. From what we've seen elsewhere, um, do you think that the carbon tax is an effective policy and worth it? Um, from what I've seen elsewhere, I don't think carbon tax actually curbs the use of fossil fuels. I think it's just a, um, um, essentially another tax, uh, another money grab by by a lot of politicians and, and bureaucrats. The governments, once they impose uh, tax, they don't tend to get rid of them because suddenly they, it, you know, fills their war chests and allows them to fund a lot of programs in jurisdictions that get them voted back. So, essentially, do you think that there's a happy middle ground between the two where environmental health and issues are really, really important, but we are seeing economic and job creation growth? Absolutely. Um, Alberta is probably, certainly in the Peace River region where most of my operations occur, it's the most heavily regulated area in North America if not uh, most of the world, you know, maybe surpassed by Norway and their laws. I think that the carbon tax does nothing to help the economy. It does nothing to help um, in, ensure uh, integrity of our operating systems and infrastructure and, and marketing, etc., uh, or getting goods to market. I don't think it makes anything safer. I think by having a by eliminating a carbon tax uh, and focusing more government effort on uh, helping energy companies, that the reinvestment helps stimulate the economy. That was Ryan Johnson, the VP of Baytex Energy's Peace River Operations. You're listening to Calgary Canvas, where we illustrate two views on city issues. On this episode, we've been looking at the carbon conflict and what the carbon tax means for Alberta's economy and the environment. I'm Halen Cooper. And I'm Bill Atwood. Most of what we hear about the carbon tax only looks at the economic impact of what the tax brings. To look at the carbon tax from an environmental perspective, I spoke to Israel Dumadi, a professor of environmental science at Mount Royal University. Meeting at Bonas Park, Dumadi explains that even though the carbon tax is controversial, it is the best option for both the environment and the economy. 
what are the effects of human-based carbon emissions? Okay, human-based carbon emission comes in various ways. For example, uh, various industrial activities involving the use of fossil fuel release a number of uh, greenhouse gases into the environment. Particularly, we have uh, two specific particulate sizes that are very dangerous. That's PM10 and PM25. They are very dangerous to human health. And we know that carbon dioxide, uh, nitrogen dioxide, and some other greenhouse gases uh, causes global warming, which consequently you know, leads to climate change. And it could lead to the melting of the polar ice caps. It could lead to loss of biodiversity. When the uh, polar ice melts, it will flow, and that could lead to flooding of the coastal areas. And that will lead to a lot of losses of properties and it could lead to loss of lives. So it's not just affecting our planet, it's affecting us as well. Yeah, it's affecting not only our planet, it's affecting our human health. So is carbon tax the best option for reducing our emissions? Well, it's one of the effective instruments uh, to reduce our carbon emission because... uh, it is economic-based. In other words, people having to pay more for how much uh, fossil fuel that they use will consequently deter people from consuming large quantity of fossil fuel. It will make people to look for alternative means of transport. And I think the approach being used in the province, I think it's a good approach. So you mentioned that it's one of the instruments. What would be other would it be investing in renewable energy? Yeah, that, that is another approach to it. So, and you know that both the provincial government and the federal government has, uh, is working towards that, trying to win us from the use of fossil fuel towards renewable energy sources. What about our oil and gas? Because that's uh, the biggest part of our economy in Alberta. Can oil and gas and the carbon tax coexist? Yes, it can. It will take quite a number, I mean, some years before we can actually uh, get wind from uh, fossil fuel. So it will continue for quite a number of years before we can achieve the level of uh, uh, sustainability sustainability or reduce potential climate change impact of our energy use. So is that economically sustainable, though? Yeah, it is. It is economically sustainable because you find out that as we invest more in researches for re- more renewable energy system, more efficient system, uh, we will be able to get increased, uh, I mean, improved technology that can easily convert those renewable energy sources into uh, the suitable format that we need to use for our daily use. So there are those that are opposed to the carbon tax in Alberta, obviously, and one of their arguments is that comparatively to other places, our emissions aren't as high. What would you say to those that hold that view? What I think is that uh, it's good to be an agent of change, positive change. It's good to be a good example, to lay a good example for others, so you feel that as Alberta leads, others will follow? 
Presently, I think it is BC that is leading. And although there are some steps also, which personally I don't really agree to in terms of uh, what they are doing in BC. But essentially, they are in the forefront as far as this country is concerned. I believe that we can actually move forward and achieve something better. What are the things that BC is doing that you don't agree with? Well, it is uh, basically on the issue of um, uh, pipeline issue. Because when you look at the transportation of fossil fuel, pipeline seems to be the safest approach to transporting it. Although I believe that there should be adequate care uh, for the, to ensure that the issue of uh, oil spill is, is prevented, but it shouldn't be at the expense of our economic growth as well. You don't think we're at the tipping point yet, are we? I don't think so. I don't think so, but we shouldn't wait until when we reach the tipping point. That's Israel Dumadi, Professor of Environmental Science at Mount Royal University. Thanks for listening to Calgary Canvas. I'm Bill Atwood. And I'm Halen Cooper. And a special thanks to our guests, Ryan Johnson and Israel Dumade, and thanks to Ricardo Garcia for the theme music. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe on iTunes or follow Sea Journal on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to tune in to our next episode, Wage Wars, where Calgary Canvas looks at minimum wage and livable wage. <laughs>